What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. It is the end of the week. That always, during baseball season, that's always a good thing because not now during spring training, but once the season does get underway, they're always going to try to line up some weekend series. You know, you'll have those weekend series that start on a Friday on, and on a Saturday afternoon. It'll be like a Friday night, then a Saturday afternoon, then a Sunday afternoon, or a Friday night. Saturday afternoon, then Sunday night if it's like the big game. So I always like that during the summer, having those weekends full of baseball. And that's what it feels like. I mean, a bit low key now because it's spring training, but it's just around the corner. Today is the 19th of March. In less than two weeks, we will be seeing opening day baseball. So get excited for that. But today, much of our discussion is going to center around the Cleveland Indians. I did say much of our discussion, but to begin with, we will talk about a former Indian, Carlos Carrasco. I still think he's in Cleve Cleveland sometimes, but you know, I have to remember he's in New York now. But he arrived at the Mets camp on Thursday. He was coming off some elbow issues, and he was hoping that his elbow would be healthy enough to keep him off the IL to open the season. Now he's gotten even worse news. He departed camp with a different injury than his elbow. It's a torn hamstring. So apparently he tore his right hamstring running sprints on the field and he's expected to miss six to eight weeks. And with hammies, those are tough. You know, hammies are tough. They're one of those that you really don't want to come back early from. If you come back early from a hamstring, you're going to have a setback and you're going to have to do most of the entire rehab process again. It's just one of those nagging injuries that you really just can't rush. There's nothing you can do about that. But that's a bummer for the Mets. You know, they expected him to you know, be part of that rotation. I mean, he threw live BP. And then right after he tore his hammy during some routine conditioning drills. That's, that's, that's a bummer. I mean, with that timeline, he's going to be sidelined until late April or early May. But, you know, like I said, these kind of injuries can't be rushed. You really can't. So, I mean, the question is now going to become who replaces him in that Mets rotation. Obviously, they have three locks in that staff right now. Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, and Tyhorn Walker. But now with Carrasco down, David Peterson's a pretty strong bet to join those three. And then competing for the final spot, you have Joey Lucchese and Jordan Yamamoto. So that's what they'll probably roll out there. You know, David Peterson has the four, then they'll figure out the fifth. So Carrasco gets back. When Carrasco gets back, they'll also be getting Syndergaard back at some time. So I did talk about yesterday how I thought the Mets are going to be pretty good this year. I'm not afraid to say it, even though a lot of people are. But it is what it is. So speaking of the Indians, I've been hinting at that. Well, the Mets did acquire Carrasco in a six-player deal. This was just you know two and a half months ago from Cleveland, and that deal also brought Francisco Lindor over to New York. So let's go over to the Cleveland side of things. So the Indians owner, Paul Dolan, had a had a virtual audience, or, or the Akron Roundtable, yesterday, and he fielded a bunch of questions, and he touched on some of these things during his Q&A, as like, why did they trade Francisco Lindor? He addressed their decision to trade their most recognizable player, Frankie Lindor, he said, we could afford a player like Lindor. We just couldn't afford to build a team around him. He pointed out that it's difficult for a small market team to dedicate so much payroll to one player. I mean, honestly, it was no surprise that the Indians traded Lindor. I mean, even 
2019, Dolan himself all but admitted they would eventually trade him when he told the team's fans to enjoy him while he was still on the roster. So, I mean, it was it was pretty clear they weren't going to give Lindor the big bag that he deserves. I mean, Frankie's on the last year of team control. He's going to earn 22.3 mil this year. I mean, he's looking for a 300 million plus contract. That's what he's looking for. He's going to be a free agent in the winter. So, I mean, Cleveland was not going to pay that. As a small market team, it's not that they couldn't do it. Like you said, they could do it. Obviously, they, to feel the competitive team, they would have to, you know, dip into the luxury tax. And it's not like they can't. I mean, yes, you know, it's a business. I understand you don't want to be paying, you know, luxury tax and stuff. But if you want to be competitive, just look at the teams that went. Look at the Dodgers, right? Look at you know, the Red Sox in 2018, uh, the, the Nats in 2019. You know, these teams spend a lot of money and they're not afraid of paying a luxury tax. Their owners aren't afraid to dip into their pockets and, and, and fund a sports franchise. But not all owners are going to do that. I mean, it's a business decision. I mean, they're not obliged to do it. They don't care as much about the game itself as they do about profits. That's the reason why they own the team is because of profits. Most of them. Some of them do love baseball, but most of them are just there because it's it's an investment. So they, they want to boost their ROI, which doesn't necessarily come with the like paying luxury tax, you know, things like that. So with Lindor gone, the Indians are projected to open 2021 with a pretty small payroll, $53 million dollars. They're, they're not they're not paying anybody really much at all. They just historically don't do that. They're not afraid to trade guys. They trade all the good pitchers, Bauer, Kluber. Uh, you know, they, they, they're not afraid to do that. So the other topic surrounding the Indians this winter was that they plan to change their name. So we saw the Washington football team. You know, they changed their name from the Washington Redskins to the Washington football team. The Cleveland Indians are also planning to change their name. But Dolan says... This could take a little longer than expected. He he wants this year to be the franchise's final season with the current name. He said it could be sometime in the middle of this year, whether we know we've got it down to where we can do it for 2022. If not, we have to push it to 2023. We're working hard to get it done by then, but there's no certainty in that. And then he added, there aren't many words in the English language that somebody doesn't own in some shape or form, particularly in the sports realm. That's a real challenge. So... I do hear where he's coming from on that because I know that once it was announced that the Washington Redskins were changing their name, somebody went out and claimed a copyright or a trademark or something on pretty much like any, like like all the names you could think of for Washington. It was like the Washington, Washington Warriors, Washington, whatever. I remember reading about this in the summer. Not to say that that's the reason why they decided on the name Washington football team, but it could have been. It could have just been that they had a hard time finding names that were available. And I think even for Washington, people went out and bought like the website domain names and stuff like that, hoping that, you know, maybe they could strike it rich if the team comes to approach them to buy the domain off of them, which is honestly not a bad idea considering how cheap it is to buy a web domain these days. So the Indians will be the Indians this year and maybe next year, but they are looking for a new name. Terry Francona, their manager. So he dealt, with, he dealt with some health problems last season. He only managed 14 of the 60 games. But the owner, Dolan, gave him a vote of confidence yesterday. He said, I think he's with us until he's no longer managing. He's under contract for a couple more years. And that's really through 2022. 
He said, but I feel like we're now in a situation where he's going to be here until he decides not to manage. And that makes sense. Terry Francona is a great manager. He previously won two World Series with the Red Sox. He took over the Indians in 2013. He's helped them to a 763 and 519 regular season record with five playoff appearances and an American League pennant. They were very, 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 very close to winning a World Series, but didn't make it happen there in 2016. So that's it, folks. I hope if you are an Indians fan listening to this today, you got some good news. I mean, guess if you're a Mets fan, that's a bummer as well, hearing about Cookie Carrasco. I guess one other piece of Mets news I will say is that City Field is going to reopen at 20% capacity. So I'm pretty sure every single stadium in the major league except Toronto is opening with fans at some capacity. So City Field is going to be allowed to reopen at 20% capacity beginning on opening day. So that means 8,492 fans can attend the Mets home opener on April 8th. But to gain admission to City Field, you must present a negative COVID-19 test or proof of vaccination. So, you know, in the coming weeks, I think that, you know, as hopefully cases continue to decline, you will see more and more of this. You'll see these capacity restrictions loosen. You'll see, I mean, we're going to see a full house. The, the Rangers are having 100% capacity on opening day. So what am I even talking about? So <laughs> some places are going to have a, a packed stadium sooner rather than later. I, I think that's what it is. So, yeah, that is what I have for today. That's going to do it. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.